Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Portrait Session here on the Improved Photography Podcast. I am Erica Kay, and today I'm joined by two people. First, we have Connor, as usual. Hey, Connor. Hello. How are you doing today? Good, good. Glad to And then hear. we're also joined by Melina. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really butcher the last name. I'm so sorry, Melina. <laughs> Melina. Kanto Giorgakis, is that right? Yeah, yeah that's how much right. <laughs> Why don't you say it for everyone? Uh, it's Melina Kanto Giorgakis. Beautiful. That sounded so much better than <laughs> I did. Hey, Melina, how are you doing today? Good, very good. Thank you. How are you guys? Good, doing very well. Good. I don't think Connor, probably neither one of us are in nearly as warm of a location as you are. Not nearly. Can you tell everybody where you are today, Melina? Uh, today I am in Cancun, but it's actually not that warm. It's a bit windy today, so... What do you mean by not that warm? Uh, <laughs> uh, I am not sure exactly, but it's cold for, for, it's cold for Caribbean, it's kind of cold. Okay, kind of chilly there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that. <laughs> okay, so Melina is joining us today to talk about underwater photography. So Melina is an underwater photographer from Argentina. She's currently traveling the world and living the, the wonderful life, <laughs> searching for inspiration and the best places to shoot. So Melina, you were or are a scuba instructor, correct? Yeah, I just got my certification a few months ago. Um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> And I did it uh, more like a challenge for myself, but what I like most doing is underwater photography. Awesome. Yeah. So you have a degree in photography as well. Yes, I studied in Buenos Aires and I got my degree a few months ago too. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so newly, newly degreed and newly certified as a scuba instructor. Uh, that's right. So it's like I finished uh, with my studies and now I am trying to figure out what I am doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we all can understand that that process <laughs> and that feeling. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So we really want to talk to you about your underwater portraiture because girl, your stuff is beautiful. I was looking through your portfolio after we connected and the photos that you have on your website are, are just beautiful. And oh. it's amazing to me that just the clarity and how clear and beautiful the portraits are because I know when I go scuba diving and snorkeling and I'm under the water, th that does not look anything, <laughs> you know, like what your your <laughs> portraits look like. So I can't wait to talk to you about, about your portraits your portrait. So you can can you tell us a little bit about what led you to begin shooting underwater portraits? Um, I began shooting underwater portraits um, like a few years ago uh, when I was in the city um, in Buenos Aires. Uh, I wanted to scuba dive, but there is no much scuba diving in Argentina, so I wanted <laughs> yeah. to keep uh, shooting underwater so I can like get more experience and also because that's what I like doing. So I started doing some uh, pool sessions with friends. Um, to try that out. Mm -hmm. So I, I actually haven't gotten a chance to take a look at your work quite yet. Um, when you say pool portraits, um, how do you find a pool that's just totally okay with you doing this? Or is it like friends that have pools and you're going down? Or are you in like large, large pools of water? Well, I was renting an apartment that had a pool, like in the top floor. Oh, okay. So I was using that pool. Um, people didn't like it, but I do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are infringing on their pool time, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's awesome. So where all have you worked underwater? Where have I worked underwater? Okay, mm-hmm. so- Yeah, like what locations? Location, okay, so as I told you, I did a lot of pool sessions uh, in Buenos Aires, and right now that I am in Mexico, I am exploring the cenotes. Uh, nice. Yes, uh, I love working in the cenotes because the water is usually very clear. And mm-hmm. uh, you have like... Spe- for those for those of you who don't know what a cenote is, it's essentially where a cave or, or you know, a, a sinkhole has happened. And it's almost like an underground pond. So it's oh, usually okay. among a system of caves. It's really clear and cool, like kind of cold water um, has all kinds of really interesting varieties of fish and plant life, and they're really, really beautiful locations. Thank you for that explanation because I didn't <laughs> know what welcome. those were. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, continue on, Melina. Where else have you have you shot? Uh, and then um, I do some. Uh, I try to do some uh, photo shoots in the ocean, but that doesn't really work. So yeah, yeah. a little more difficult. I mean, like. Um, <laughs> I'd rather uh, work in the pool or in a cenote or, or somewhere that uh, I don't have to be constantly swimming back and forth from the shore. And also the quality is really important, the quality of the water, that the visibility is good. Yeah, okay. so so ocean, it's it's mainly just that it's pushing stuff around the, the quality or is it is there more to it than that that's an issue? Yeah, so mostly uh, I work in pools or here when I am in Mexico in Justin Otis. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I can imagine shooting in the ocean would be difficult just with, like, as Connor said, things moving around and then also just having to deal with the tide and and (laughs) the waves and and the current and and all that kind of stuff. Sorry, it's especially really hard for models uh, because their eyes Mm. get irritated by the salt and if they are not really comfortable, uh, like, diving or swimming, it can be a bit... um, like exhausting physically and a bit dangerous, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about one or two of the more unusual or exciting underwater shoots you've done? Okay. Um, so I think that I tried all my shots to be unusual, that I think that my style is maybe a bit more, it's a bit the uncommon looks. Uh, especially in terms of models. Hello? Oh, I think I broke up a little bit. Let's start that section over. Hold on. (laughs) Okay. Can you start over with the um, answering the question about the more unusual underwater shoots? So I try that make all my shots unusual. I think that my style is a bit uh, about the uncommon, especially in terms of models. Um, I really don't shoot mainstream looks. I try to choose models that have a special, unique uh, look. So the most uh, unusual shots that I've been doing uh, were with a group of friends that I met in Buenos Aires a few months ago. And they have a really uh, unique look. It's kind of like gothic, but with Japanese or something like that. I don't know. How. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't, oh, I don't cool. know how to explain it. It's really personal <laughs> to them. And yeah. 
they always have like really fun ideas of uh, things they want to shoot. So we work as a team. Uh, we've been doing shots. Uh, the last one we did was with a friend. Uh, he had like like synthetic dreadlocks, and oh, yeah, cool. and we put like a lot of uh, red ropes in the pool, and he was like trying to uh, emulate uh, Medusa. Like he was with oh all my his yes. like really weird hair, and he was like capturing a victim. And we tried to include another person too, so he was his victim. And those are the most unusual shoots I do are with with that group of friends in Buenos Aires. That's super cool. So, so when you're looking for a model, are you specifically looking at physical features, or are you kind of just trying to find anybody that might do okay that is also game to get in the water with you? Um, like, how do you how do you approach someone when with such an unusual request for modeling? <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's really hard to model underwater. Like, I work with model land models. Let's call it like that. I work with some land models that are great but they don't do so good underwater because it's really mm-hmm. it's really difficult to move and pose underwater and the facial expressions are also really hard because you have to be holding your breath. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, it, it's hard for, for them. So I try to, if I am working with somebody who has never done an underwater shooting, I try to do it in a pool so they feel more comfortable. And mm-hmm. If not, uh, like I've been working with a model who already have been doing like underwater shooting and then I, uh, I feel confident in, enough to bring it to somewhere more comfortable like as another or someplace like that. Um, Very cool. So uh, how I choose models, uh, I think I, I, I look for uh, like special looks, like unique uh, like outfits or body modifications or weird hair colors or things like that. That's yeah. what I am into. And then just just hope that they're going to do okay when you get them in the yeah, water. Yeah, mostly that's what I do. <laughs> and then if it works, we continue <laughs> shooting and doing different things. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's so cool. So your, many of your photos, you said, are, are centered around the relationship between humans and nature. Or that's, you know, what you want to portray in the images that you create. So how how does that work? Are, tell us a little bit about this relationship that you're trying to portray in your work and then how do you find the models who kind of fit in with, with the story that you're trying to tell? Okay, so more than the relationship about humans and nature is about uh, the different mindsets or emotions uh, I get when I am in nature. Um, I have really bad anxiety and being out uh, in the wild relaxes me a lot. So I I try to um, talk to my models about that and explain them uh, how I feel and what kind of um, poses or movements I want them to do. So it's more than... Okay, that makes sense. It's more about... So when you're posing them and directing them, you are trying to have them portray that feeling of relaxation and like anti-anxiety okay oh i like that there i think there's a lot of people there are, you know 
yeah, mental health is right. something that's not really talked about a lot. It's starting to be talked about more, but it's not, you know, discussed a lot, especially in photography. So I think there's a lot of people that could relate to that and would probably find a lot of benefit from viewing photos that are, you know, meant to be relaxing. <laughs> you know, a lot of people suffer from anxiety. So I think that's that's really great and really important. Okay, so can you talk a little bit about the differences between land photography and underwater photography? That was a question that came up in the group, and I think that's a really important distinction, since especially most of our people are used to doing land photography as opposed to underwater photography. <laughs> yes, so the most important thing to understand about underwater photography is how light behaves um, mm -hmm. and, that, and how that affects color underwater. That's the main mm -hmm. difference, uh, I believe. So uh, water uh, is more dense than air, so it absorbs uh, it absorbs it absorbs light, and that affects color. Um, the different. Um, uh, can I start again? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the main difference about underwater photography and land photography is how light works underwater and how that affects color. So mm -hmm. water um, absorbs color uh, in different uh, wavelengths, like the longest wavelengths, the less uh, energy they have get absorbed first. So you start uh, mm -hmm. losing reds, uh, then oranges and yellows. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So the deeper you go, the less color you're going to have. So if you are doing deep dives, you need to bring uh, some sort of uh, external light to compensate compensate for that color loss. So mm -hmm. when light travels a shorter distance, you don't lose as much color. But if you are working uh, close to the surface, uh, you don't really need strobes. But what you need to do is a good color correction in post production, or like mm -hmm. doing uh, white balance. Uh, like in post-production or while you're shooting so you don't uh, lose okay. uh, the colors okay that makes sense so when you're working closer to the surface you're relying mostly on natural light yes almost always okay and then do you ever do deeper dives with portraiture and have to take lights down with you uh i haven't done like artistic shots uh while scuba diving uh i've done some okay. uh like vacation scuba photos but it's not the same yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's really cool and really interesting and very scientific <laughs> um another thing that is different uh, is that when you're underwater you lose clarity uh, depending on the water yes uh, even like the clearest water have a lot of particles in them so you lose clarity and sharpness. So you want to get really close to what you are photographing. So the less water there is between your lens and your model, the better quality you're going to get. So, so with that being said, um, what, what kind of lenses are you using when doing the, these underwater portraits to be able to be close to them? Are you shooting really wide and just getting that, like inches away from a person? Or I, I guess I would have benefited from looking at more of your work beforehand. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to ask that same thing because you do have some very 
shots where you get a lot of the landscape. So it must be you're close to them with a super wide lens, Yeah, that's right. right. Uh, most most of okay. the water photographers work with wide angles or fish eyes because, as you said, you want to get really close to what you're shooting. So yeah. Okay. Uh, depending on the shot, but for portraits, I use a 35 millimeter, and if I am doing a more wide uh, shot, I am using a fish eye. Fair enough. So okay. I mean, 35 is pretty wide, but it's not 16. No, right. So. It's not ultra wide. Yeah. Very cool. And are you using just just the normal traditional camera and lenses that you would use for your land yes, photography? Yes, that's right. Uh, most underwater photographers use uh, regular cameras, uh, but with a specific housing uh, to put that camera in, so it protects it from the pressure underwater. Yeah. 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 Are those houses really expensive? I would imagine that they <laughs> don't come too cheap. Uh, yeah. It's it's quite expensive, uh, but like I, I believe that photography itself uh, can be as expensive as you want. Yes. want it, like depending on the kind of gear you want to get. But um, the prices uh, can be a bit expensive. Yeah. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yes. Sorry to keep going back to gear, but um, are when you're using your housing, are are you really limited in the kind of lenses? Like, could you choose? I mean. It doesn't seem to me that it would be practical to put a 70 to 200 um, in housing, but do you feel limited by the housing in your lens selection or is that more just wanting to be close to the subject? Well, it depends on the brand, but... Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, it depends on the brand, but some brands uh, let you put like w more uh, longer lenses, uh, but you have to buy yeah. like a specific... You have to get like a specific port or dump port for the lens you're using. Oh, okay. So the, the housing oh, okay. doesn't come with a port uh, for the lens. So depending on what you're using, you get a specific uh, port. Got it. Oh, so you have to have a different port for every <laughs> lens you uh, use. Yeah, mostly, yeah. Uh, that would be so it's, expensive. Yeah, it's like uh, you have to get like the housing and the ports. And then uh, if you want, you can get strobes too. If you're doing like deep diving, you want to get like artificial yeah. light. Uh -huh. Would you just use normal land strobes if you're okay. doing that? Or do you have to get like yeah, water specific they have strobes? Yeah, like underwater specific shot. Huh. Okay. Just higher power or what's what would the difference be? Yes, you really need a higher power because uh, water absorbs the light. So you need a bit uh, mm -hmm. higher power. Wow. Okay. So what recommendations do you have for people who want to try this out in terms of gear? Like what would you recommend they they take or buy for for gear purposes i think that most uh, well-known brands are safe to use um, but what i personally use is uh, a brand called icolite that's what i i started using and i use now uh, so that's the brand i choose but most well-known brands are safe to use as long as you do the setting of the camera and you do a good uh, maintenance is safe to put your camera in them. Yeah. Okay. Now, now Do, is your now this is a personal question, but is is your insurance then much higher than land <laughs> photographers insurance because there's a greater risk of, you know, corrosion I, and Yeah, I don't flood. actually uh, have an insurance for my equipment. So Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Just yeah, taking the risk. Taking the risk. <laughs> 
<laughs> is it hard to change settings when you're in the water? I, I, I just, I don't have any um, real experience with this. So when it's in the housing, obviously all of the buttons and everything aren't readily accessible in the same way that it is when you're holding a camera on land. So is it hard to change or do those housings make it relatively easy to change settings around or get your focus? Well, it depends, it depends on the housing, but, but most housings do allow you to use all the buttons. So it's fairly easy to change um, settings underwater. But there are certain things that you can change, such as uh, you can use manual focus or autofocus. Uh, in most uh, cases, you have to decide at first. And also, of course, you can change lenses underwater. So you have to yeah. uh, decide mm -hmm. or have an idea of what you want to do before uh, entering the water. Fair enough. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, but I want to come back to what you just said as soon as we finish with this break. Um, and here is a word from our sponsors. Okay, when we come back from the break, what time, let's see, 22 minutes of break. When we come back from the break, Melina, I want to talk a little bit about that last mm -hmm. point that you just said, which was like preparing everything before you okay. get into the water. So let's start with that conversation about like how you, how you plan out a shoot, how you get yourself prepared, how you decide what lens you're going to use and all that kind of stuff before mm. you get into the water. Mm, okay. Does yep. that sound okay? Okay. All right, everybody ready? Ready when you are. Hey guys, and welcome back to Portrait Session. We're here talking with Melina about underwater portraiture. So Melina, let's talk a little bit about what you do to prepare for a shoot. So you mentioned, you know, when, when we were talking about gear and stuff, you mentioned having to have everything set before you get into the water. You have to figure out what lens you're gonna use and you know how you're gonna shoot because you can't do that. You can't make those changes underwater. So what do you do before you actually get into the water with your model? What is your process for getting everything ready for your underwater portrait? So I try to anticipate how the water is going to be and also light, obviously. So depending on that, uh, I choose my settings and the, the equipment I am going to be using, uh, depending if um, I know the water is going to be like more... Um, murky or dirty. Yeah, murky that's right. or dirty. Mm. No, I am not really sure, can I? Mm. <laughs> you can yeah you can start over you can brainstorm okay. and start over so wait, what what are you um like how do i prepare for the shoots or how do i prepare the equipment uh, what what are you prepare i would say mm, more. i would say maybe oh go ahead erica sorry go ahead connor yeah go i ahead. was gonna say i uh, i think that just talking about preparing for the shoot and being able to to envision what you're going to be doing with the gear beforehand since you have to have everything kind of locked in before you go in the water. How do you make those mm -hmm. kinds of decisions? Okay. Um, so I try to anticipate how the conditions going to be, but I, I'm, I'm not really sure about that question. Like, I, I, I don't know. Mm. Okay, you wanna skip that one? Uh, yeah, let's skip that one. 
what, okay. what but well well right, what i can see. talk about is that um about uh, how to prepare for a shoot is that when you're in the water you have like a limited time it's not like when you are in a studio that you have all the time to do the shooting because your model like it gets yeah. cold the light changes and you have you have to sure you can take your time but the less time you you take the better it is so what i do is like i i usually talk with the model before the shoot and we discuss the ideas and also i do some sketches of the poses and the things that i want to do like on paper i sketch what i want to do beforehand Oh, cool. So the process yeah. is awesome. quicker. So, that, yeah, that's... So, so Yeah, exactly. So Oh, go ahead, Erica. I was just going to ask, what do you do if you get there and you have all this planned out and then the water is murky or, you know, the, the weather is not right or so something like then, that? So uh, then we are not shooting. <laughs> like if they can't... If, <laughs> yeah, if you just have to reschedule. If ideal, then uh, I just change the location. Uh, that happened to me actually a few months ago. I was with a model and we really wanted to shoot in a cenote in Tulum because it was like, I've been told that it's really beautiful. It has like uh, lily pots. And it looks like a like an underwater oh, garden. It's really beautiful. And we went there, uh, and the water was really murky. The visibility was awful, so we had to change uh, location in the moment. And and that's the good oh, thing yeah. about uh, here in in Mexico or in Tulum that there are many different cenotes. So if one doesn't work, you can just like go find a. Yeah, go Hop find a different one. That's what we did. Until, <laughs> yeah. like we've been like with her car, uh, like riding uh, in the middle of the jungle and trying to find a place that we both like. And so we went from a different cenote to another to another until we found the perfect one. Wow! And you're just walking into those places and saying, "Hey, I want to use your cenote. Can you get all these tourists <laughs> uh, in, out of here?" No, in most <laughs> cases, uh, you have to pay like an entrance ticket to get into um like there is no way of uh, of yeah there's no way kicking of kicking people, people out, out. so <laughs> you have to work you have to work yeah. with tourists uh, sometimes uh, what you have to do is like go really early in the morning so there is no people around or maybe just ask mm -hmm. them to like I, i'm going to work here can you please try to be in different place yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just like, you know, going to a park or somewhere yeah, where yeah, people are out and about. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I totally lost where we were. And then Me too. <laughs> and right, visibility diving pool sessions versus, versus outdoors. Uh, yes. Yeah. Let's follow up with that. You want to do that, Connor? Sure. So, so what what makes you decide when you're going to be shooting pool sessions versus these cenotes? Is it is it just the experience that you have with the person themselves? Um, I know that you said that pool sessions tend to make newbies feel a little bit more comfortable, but um, how do you go about making those decisions, or is it just kind of whatever is available to it's you at the time? It's most about what is available at the time. Like if it were up to me, I think I will work mostly. Uh, outdoors in the cenotes or outdoors but uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. most about what is available do you have a preference I mean I know you said you you like to shoot outdoors but 
if if you're looking at the future and thinking about what you want to do with your career as an underwater portrait artist, would you prefer to just do all outdoors and never shoot in a um, pool again? <laughs> not really. I mean, I, I, I prefer doing outdoors, but the pool has like some advantages. Um, it's, it's, it's just like working in a studio uh, where you can, it's, it's, yeah. it's the same. It's like working in a studio. You can control almost everything, but it, it tends to be a bit more plain or boring. So you, so you have to get more creative <laughs> with the ideas uh, you are shooting. But it's also fun because um, you can use props or things that you won't use in Asenote because you don't yeah. want to interfere with the natural environment. So in a pool, you can mm -hmm. put uh, flowers or glitter or things that like that that you can uh, do in Asenote. Mm -hmm. So like set building is a thing for pools. You can like build a set and build an environment mm -hmm. in a pool if you wanted to. Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> I think I want to try underwater yeah, portrait. I know, this sounds so cool. <laughs> I think and I'm I like, found a new calling. <laughs> I live in a very landlocked state. So I'm like, okay, where's water that I could yeah, maybe access? <laughs> yeah, there is no clear water around me at all. The Ohio oh, River looks no, like chocolate milk. No, then that won't work at all. But maybe pool, it's pool, really gross. pool sessions are really, <laughs> no. are really fun and are um, a nice um, point to start with underwater photography because you feel like more safe and you mm -hmm. can control everything. So it's a good place to start with underwater photography. Okay, so do you have any tips for people like me who have never done this but would like to try it eventually? What would you, you know, suggest that we do, whether that's in terms of gear or planning or just preparation, <laughs> mental okay. preparation? So I think that the most, uh, one of the most important thing is to feel really, really comfortable in the water. Like uh, being able to, uh -huh. to move, uh, to do a bit of free diving, or if you are doing scuba diving, you need to feel really comfortable with your skills before bringing a camera and having to worry about like your expensive equipment and your model and all that the most uh, important thing is to feel yeah. comfortable with you being out uh, in the wild in in the water and then uh, bringing a camera i think that's a good uh, advice mm -hmm. and also yeah. a preparation before a shoot is important uh, so the less time you the less time you lose, uh, the, the, the more um, efficient you are with your time. That's what I mean. The more efficient you are with your time when you are in the water uh, is better because if not, uh, your model like start to get cold or you start to get cold, uh, the light changes and all that kind yeah. of thing. So uh, you are kind of limited by time. Mm -hmm. So before you're getting in the water, you're talking to them about what pose you want them to do. And then you're coming back up to talk about another pose or are you just kind of letting them move around and you're just shooting well, it depends when on you the model. like if they uh, know uh, what they are doing and feel comfortable i just let them do what they feel but if not i try to direct them uh, a bit mm -hmm. uh, with but with poses i already show to them like i do my my sketches or like have okay. um, reference photos and i can point them like i want you to do that or something that is very clear and easy to understand. 
Okay. So for all the newbies out there, we have to make sure that we have all of that (laughs) mapped out before we get underwater because I'm not going to try to pose while taking photos. That's something I did not think of up until this moment for some reason. But the inability to direct when you're in the middle of shooting just seems maddening to me because I'm I'm so interactive with, okay, turn your head a little bit this way. So the idea of, all right, like once we get down there, let's do this. Sign language. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm sure that would be really hard for somebody like us that that's really n- new to this, but I'm, I'm, I would imagine that just like with any other type of skill that once you do it a while, it yes. gets a little easier. Yes, Practice totally. makes perfect. Uh, the more you do it, the easier yeah. it gets. Yeah. And also you don't think that much about, well, it's like a photography. You, you don't think that much about your gear. Uh, you have that like already in your mind and you can worry about uh, different things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, there are things that you... Right. Yeah. There are things that you can't control and things that you can't. If you take care of controlling everything you can control beforehand, you only have to worry about the, the things that you can't control. <laughs> that makes sense? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense for all types of photography, you know? Wow. That's a good plan of action. <laughs> so we had we had another listener question. This is kind of we probably should have asked this earlier, but th- this listener asked what your first experience was like when you first submerged your expensive water or your expensive gear in the water. You know, what, what, how was well, that I for you? I really was worried, to be honest. Like, I trust my equipment. Um, but I, what I did was uh, I had uh, my new housing and I went for a dive with my housing uh, without the camera. So I went for a dive uh, with an empty housing oh. to try mm. out uh, if everything was sealed correctly, correctly and if I did the setting right. Uh, and once I did that, I don't know, I, I, I am not afraid my camera is going to be fluted. Uh, as, as, long, as long as I take my time <laughs> yeah. to do the setting, that it, it can be a bit tricky, like you have to make sure that the O-rings are like clean the earrings are the like little plastic things where the camera seals so you have to, you have to make sure yeah. that everything mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. like working correctly and you don't have like sand or anything trapped there yeah just i'm sure yeah. just even a piece yeah, of hair right. probably would but let some water come in you you have uh, setting your equipment it gets easier but some some underwater photographers say that yeah. it's not if you flute your camera is when like it's going to happen yeah like it's going to happen eventually when <laughs> so i try not to worry much about it no <laughs> but it hasn't happened to you yet not yet no not uh, yet yeah I'm, well i hope it doesn't me too. <laughs> i hope it doesn't <laughs> well that's awesome melina this a conversation has been so interesting and so unique. We've not talked to anybody about this on the show, so it's been really awesome talking about it. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about your social media, your website, so that they can look you up and see uh, okay, so your work? I am mostly work? on Instagram as Ultima Tripulante. That's my name on Instagram, so you can check that if you want to. <laughs> yes. Can you spell <laughs> that for us? Um, U L T. I M A T I no T R I P U L A N 
T A E. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> e. Okay. Ultima. Okay. <laughs> Got it. We'll put that in the show notes for everybody too, so that they can access that. So yeah, Instagram that, is the best place right. to find you. Okay, perfect. All right, Melina, thank Thanks you so you. much for joining us thank today. You guys. Connor, as always. As thank always. you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Every- yeah, it was- yeah, it was awesome. Everybody okay. have a great day. Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye guys. <laughs> bye bye. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned.